0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
4: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, You are going to be locked on Thunder. It's Friday, thank goodness. And again, apologies for no episode yesterday. Had a few extra work duties I had to take care of. Got a little crazy, got a little hairy. And then I had to jump on the pregame show uh, with Dave Garrett and Jerry Ramsey on 107.7. I guess John Hamm was either busy or himself sick. Hopefully he's okay. But I had to do that and then run up to the station to go watch the game against the Pelicans and then do the postgame show with Madison Morris, Ryan Chapman, and Christine Butterfield. So. It was a little bit of a wild day, Um, sadly no Locked on Thunder podcast time, but uh, we'll cover the Pelicans game, we'll cover what's to look forward to this weekend, right after we do all the silly introductions that we always have to do. (laughs) And if you don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider, Thunder contributor. You can find all my articles at thefranchiseok.com. I have a tab with my last name on the front page, so go ahead and look for that. If you want to try and find somebody that I wrote in the past, go ahead and check it out there. You can subscribe to the OKC82 podcast, which is a post-game reaction that we post immediately following a game. Um, It's pretty fun. We enjoy doing it, Madison Morris and me. We've been doing it now for two years and it's grown and grown and grown, and we love it. And it complements this podcast really well because, like I said, it's only a post game reaction show. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to that if you want to, and we would greatly appreciate it you can also hear us all on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon. And we will not be having a show today because OU Basketball will tip off at 11, and we are the flagship station for Oklahoma Sooner Athletics. So that game will be on the radio. So no Franchise Thunder Insider Show this Saturday. So I guess everybody gets an all-star break. And again, please follow me on Twitter at BradyDoesSports for all this the podcast links, article links, and other thunder thoughts for your reading pleasure. But let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the Thunder's victory over the New Orleans Pelicans last night. The Thunder moved to thirty-three and twenty-two with a victory over the Pelicans at one twenty-three to one eighteen in a pretty exciting game. It was a really well played game in terms of offensive uh, output. The defense was kind of lacking throughout most of the game, but I mean, both teams shot at or near. Fi- at or above 50% from the floor. It was incredible. It it got to a point where, okay, second quarter, someone's going to start losing. Someone's going to start missing shots, right? And that team is obviously going to lose because the other team is just going to keep getting hot. I mean, just look at the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdowns. Oklahoma City outscored in the first 30 to 30-29. The Thunder outscored the Pelicans 37-28. to 28. Uh, The Pelicans then outscored the Thunder 35-32 in the third, and then both teams tied at 25 in the fourth quarter, according to a 123-118 victory for the Thunder. That second quarter, of course, being the big tipping point, 37 points, just incredible. And three of those points, three of those 37 points, I'm sure you all love very, very much. Steven Adams finally gets his first career three-point shot to fall. And, yeah, it was a mid it was a mid court heave. And yeah, it wasn't out of a set. It wasn't a typical three point shot, of course, but it was even cooler. It was you know, it was incredible just because two games ago, Steven Adams crosses half court and then takes a classic jump shot attempt at a deep, deep three that he airballs. And Chris Paul, you can see him just coaching up Steven like, Hey, throw it like a football. Like you're really good at throwing it, like a fo- throwing the basketball like it's a football, because we all remember the full court heave to Dennis Schroeder at the end of that first Minnesota Timberwolves game to tie it. Like Steven's surprisingly accurate. He, 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 I would love to see him try and toss around a football, to be honest, because he's got good touch. He's obviously got a strong arm, because even on last night where he just flicks his wrist and it goes all the way up in the air, it has the perfect arc. Has enough distance, of course, and it just drains true. Steven's got an arm. Breaking news, I guess. But, yes, 37 points in the second quarter. uh, Just kind of the theme of the offensive explosion for the Thunder, and it was a balanced attack. You've got Shea Gilson-Alexander, 17 points. Danilo Gallinari was incredible last night, 29 points, 12 of 18. We'll talk about him a little bit later. 11 points for Steven Adams and 11 boards, 14, 8, and 12 for Chris Paul, two rebounds shy of a triple-double. And then Dennis Schroeder had a return-to-form game with 22 points off the bench. And then Mike Muscala, a perfect 4-for-4 on the floor, only played nine minutes, but those nine minutes, incredibly important, 10 points for Mike Muscala. And in the post-Darius Baisley era, for however long he's going to be out, getting contributions like that from a Mike Muscala is going to be important, especially when New Noel has now had two... Pretty bad games in a row, and we'll get into that a little bit later, of course. But Nerlens Noel well plays 11 minutes, only two points, three boards. Just hasn't really, you know what? Maybe Nerlens might really appreciate a All Star break. And before we get into any more Thunder deep dives, like I, I do need to talk about Zion Williamson because, oh my God, <laughs> like. I've only really had a chance to watch him play once before this game, Um, sadly. You know, when you're covering a team every single day, you don't get to enjoy, like, league pass as much as, like, a fan typically would. And, you know, that's just part of my job. That's what I signed up for. But outside of just watching his highlights and then watching that first game where he came back um, a few weeks ago on ESPN where he only played 18 minutes and he started off kind of poorly and then he caught fire – Like, seeing that, it's like, okay, cool. And then you see all the highlights, you see all the numbers, you read all these articles, and you're going, man, like, this guy is for real. But this was, of course, the first chance that I got to see him in matchup standpoint against the Thunder. It was my first big deep dive with Zion Williamson in an NBA setting. And my goodness, that dude is going to destroy people. (laughs) The rest of this season, probably in the next few years, he is everything that he has been hyped up to be, 32 points, six rebounds, got to the foul line, played 31 minutes. Uh, the Pelicans were working without Brandon Ingram, who they didn't have in their, their previous game against the Portland Trailblazers where they were able to beat them anyway without Brandon Ingram. So still uh, not having an all-star Brandon Ingram affected New Orleans, no question. But this was the Zion Williamson show. It was incredible. And the big question going into this game was, Yeah, like he's averaging twenty-seven and seven. Uh, He's getting to the foul line seven, at least seven times a game, which is incredible. Um, The jump shot, yes, is going to be the work in progress. But he seems to have the the attitude, the determination, and the God-given athletic ability to you know. Once it becomes a flaw in his game towards as we get further along in this season, once that becomes more of a flaw, okay, well now you got to go work on it. He will no doubt probably have the ability to work around that if not improve it outright but um, it was interesting because this was the 11th game Zion Williamson has played since he uh, started this season and this is around the time where rookies you know you get enough tape on them after you know double digit amount of games you get enough tape on them that you can start scheming around them that's why you'll see like some rookies just light the world on fire for the first few games and then all of a sudden they don't do anything anymore because they've hit that rookie wall. The rookie wall just mainly has to do more so with your opponents knowing what you are now, as opposed to you just literally deciding. Okay, I can't, I can't score anymore. I can't rebound anymore. It just mainly has to deal with your opponents more so. And I was interested to see that did the Thunder have enough film to understand? Okay, you know, you can't really put Danilo Gallinari on him. You're going to have to put Stephen Adams on him. Nerlens Noel, who didn't play that much, Mike Muscala, um, anybody. Anybody. And I even thought Deontay Burton was going to get some burn last night because we've seen Billy Donovan throw Deontay Burton out to defend a guy like LeBron James who has a similar physical supernova just presence about him. Deontay Burton, of course, muscular and stocky in his own right. We didn't see any Deontay Burton last night. But the biggest key to this game last night, other than the Thunder just scoring and scoring and scoring, of course, was just that Danilo Gallinari – Held his own against Zion Williamson. Now, again, you look at the points and you're going, not really. We always know Danilo Gallinari is going to be able to bring it on the offensive end, and he certainly did. But it never became such an absolute mismatch that Billy Donovan had to either play Danilo Gallinari out of position defensively a ton, or even play him less because he was hitting his shots. So I got to give tip of the hat to Danilo Gallinari because, I mean, yeah, did he shut down Zion? No. Did he even attempt... To shut down Zion. No. But he did just enough. I mean, like the easiest example I could use is just imagine Carmelo Anthony on this team against Zion Williamson. Not only would Carmelo not have the effort on the defensive side of the the floor to even attempt to stop Zion Williamson. But Melo isn't good enough at this stage in his career to go get buckets at a rate like Danilo Gallinari is. So Danilo Gallinari, good job for you. You did what you could against Zion Williamson. When we get back, more Thunder Talk on the Pelicans win and then what to look forward to this weekend. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up
0: with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: And welcome back to the Locked on Thunder podcast, everybody. I truly appreciate you all listening over the last few months that I've been running this show uh, I really do want to say thank you, everybody, um, to all the consistent listeners. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. This is a, you'd think that this is easy to just sit down, record yourself talking about a sport. And in a lot of ways, it is because we all enjoy sports. You're listening to a sports podcast, I'm recording one. I enjoy it, but doing it Monday through Friday is somewhat of a grind, especially on top of all the other responsibilities that I have, the radio appearances I have to make. All that fun stuff. In fact, I even have to do... uh, I'm filling in for the morning show on 107.7 on Monday from 5.30 till 9 with Mike Steely and Jesse Stone. I believe Eddie Radosevich will still be out of town on assignment for Soonerscoop.com, which he'll do a fantastic job for, of course. But I'll be doing that, so who knows what's going to be going on (laughs) in Thunderland on Monday, in addition to me having to wake up at 4.30. But again, you know, I I don't mean to ramble. I just want to take this opportunity right before the All-Star break to tell you all, thank you so, so much for listening. It means a lot. And on the days where I feel like I don't have time, but I kind of do, what makes me sit down and record these podcasts is just knowing that somebody's out there wanting to listen and somebody's expecting Locked on Thunder to pop into their feed. And I, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Hopefully uh, we can keep growing this podcast a little bit more and more and more. So a retweet, a like, a share, conversation about Locked on Thunder, I would greatly appreciate that. It would help the show grow and would put more of an onus on me to do podcasts, even on days like yesterday where I literally didn't have enough time, but maybe I could have forced myself to, I don't know, maybe record in the car or something, something silly, something out of the box, let's just say. Yes, a good return-to-form game for Dennis Schroeder. And, you know, the the big story out of the Spurs game, like, it it wasn't anything special that the Spurs did. And, again, I don't want to take anything away from San Antonio. They're a team that if you play like crap, they can beat you because we all know how great of a coach Greg Popovich is. All their veterans on, on that team play to that identity, and they can beat anybody if they play like crap. And the Thunder played like crap. The Spurs didn't do anything spectacular. LaMarcus Aldridge did not drop 40. This wasn't a game where the Spurs hit every single three-pointer, and it's just, you know what, it's one of those days at the office. We couldn't do much. We move on. No, the Thunder were awful Three rim in the first half. They were awful on offense in the first half, and they woke up a little too late, making the hill a little too high to get over and to climb to end up beating the Spurs. Now, beginning of the game last night, Shea alexander was getting to the rim and hitting his shots, and it really set the foundation for the Thunder. All right, this isn't going to be like the last game where we were awful at the rim, we were awful in the paint. Shea alexander started the ball rolling. Stephen Adams, on his few opportunities, was able to hit and connect, unlike against the Spurs, where he got three or four opportunities early on and couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, bless his heart. And then Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench really kept that theme going. He was getting to the rim and... With relative ease at times, he wasn't force-feeding anything. He was playing his game. He's playing his six-man-of-the-year type game. And against the Spurs, it really seemed like, especially a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who that game finished with 14 points, which is awful considering how he's played all year, it really seemed like he was driving to the rim and just throwing the ball up to the hoop in order to either get a foul or just nothing's working. I've got to try something desperate. There was really no desperation last night in the game offensively, I felt, from the Thunder. Everything seemed within the flow of the offense. Everything seemed repeatable. Everything seemed like muscle memory, which is good because, again, the Pelicans, they coming into that game last night, of course, they get Zion Williamson over the last few weeks, and that's a—that's quite an addition, a midseason addition if you ask me. But they were only four and a half games back of the eighth seed, they had gone on a nice little stretch over the last two months where they've won a ton of games. So it was by no means a game where the Thunder should have just won just because. I mean, no doubt the Thunder are better in terms of win loss talent wise, maybe a little bit of a wash. Maybe the Thunder might be a tad bit more talented. Maybe the Pelicans are a tad bit more talented. Their young town is a little bit more realized at this point than what the Thunders is. and Maybe that tips them in their favor. But again, This is a Thunder team that has routinely beaten teams like this all season long, which makes the Spurs' loss all the more head-scratching, which which even makes the Cleveland Cavaliers and Detroit Pistons' victories even more head-scratching because they weren't dominant. It was rather lethargic. But overall, it was a nice victory heading into the All-Star break, and the the whole thing that we were talking about earlier in the week about how the Thunder's January schedule, then the four days off— And then the two games sandwiched between the trade deadline, which affected a handful of players on the roster, coupled with going into the all-star break and just the basic human uh, emotion of like, come on, I just want to have a few days off, I just want to relax for a second. Maybe all that kind of culminated at the wrong time for the Thunder to start playing like crap over the last four games going into New Orleans. But the big thing to make that true, make all that applicable, was they had to take care of business and play at a high level and beat New Orleans. They did. So now they live to fight another day in the post-All-Star break with little to no concern moving forward. You know what? It was just a bad four-game stretch. They've moved on. They course-corrected like they've done all season long. If they start losing again or barely beating bad teams after the All-Star break, now we can start raising the question marks a little bit more. But I feel like this was a good reminder of th- that this team is actually pretty damn good. And there's really nothing to worry about for those previous four games other than, you know what, it's just a bad day at the office overall. And don't forget, everybody! It is All Star Weekend, but there is a lot of stuff to look forward to if you're a Thunder fan. Shea gillis Alexander will be making his second appearance in the Rising Stars Challenge for the World Team against a pretty stacked U.S. team. It's going to be a fun game just to see. Uh, I mean, how Shea interacts around other players similar to his skill set. It's always fun to like the Rising Stars game. To me, is always a little bit more fun to watch. Then the All-Star game, because, like, yeah, the All-Star game's fun because you get to see LeBron and Giannis, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, all on the same floor at the same time. It's cool. I get it. But then after about the first three to five minutes, it starts to become boring, and then you get your – and then you kind of wake back up late in the fourth quarter when both teams are trying to, like, actually defend and trying to win. The Rising Stars Challenge, to me, maybe it's just because – a lot of these young players you may not have seen a ton, so this is like your first big chance at like actually sitting down and watching guys uh, play in a competitive game. It just seems like the Rising Stars players play a little bit harder and are more prone to playing within a little bit of a system and showcasing the skills that they've learned rather than just... We're going to go and let everybody have a dunk contest and not defend and not defend the paint and just let everybody shoot threes because this is a show. No, it seems a little bit more indicative of true basketball. So look forward to that. And then, of course, Shea Gilles Alexander is going to be in the skills competition as well, which I'll be honest, bores me to tears. But you know what? Shea Getos Alexander's in there, so I'll probably be watching it. And, of course, Chris Paul is on LeBron James' team along with Russell Westbrook. So, Thunder fans, if you thought you could take the entire weekend off, nay, you will be forced to watch the All-Star game, which, again, I'm, I'm curious to see how these new rule changes where the score goes down to zero at, at each quarter and you're basically scoring up to 24. and I, I'm curious to see how this actually affects the game. Maybe it makes it a little bit more watchable. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? I truly think that the NBA... <laughs> I truly think that the NBA is trying tried to do a different scoring system because we've been getting dangerously close after the last few years of getting a team to score in the 200s. And while that might be cool and like oh my gosh, they scored 200 points. While that might be cool, I don't think the NBA really wants it to be that way. I think that that's a little too embarrassing. Um, I could be wrong, but th- th- that was just my first thought when I saw all these new rules. And then one little thing from a Sooner, the Oklahoma Sooner fans that happen to root for the Oklahoma City Thunder, you will also be able to see guys like Trey Young and Buddy Heald during All-Star Weekend. So, you know, it's going to be a great weekend for basketball, for the state of Oklahoma, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, basketball fans in the state of Oklahoma. It's going to be fun. So um, if you're going to go watch the game out with some friends out at a bar, please be safe. Please have a plan to get home. I want all my listeners to be safe. I appreciate you all. But until next time, on Monday, I'll talk to you later.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I
3: got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.
2: 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.